0: This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Greetings, Earthling.
1: Greetings, <laughs> fellow Earthling. Uh, wait, no, because you're uh- a. <laughs> I would be the alien in this in, in this, this role play. I'm you-
0: specifically the one alien who comes back for revenge in signs.
1: Oh, I'm sorry you you have a whole ass revenge plot in your M Night Shyamalan movie. Yeah, I'm missing two fingers. You're right, and, and I'm the camera about it. The camera zooms in on your two fingers as to say, "Look, it's, it's revenge. The one. It's the one from the pantry. It's Mister Revenge Muck Revengester <laughs> coming to avenge himself." If you don't know what we're talking about, this is a right reference to the m night Shyamalan episode yeah we're not going to give too much away because go listen to it
0: <laughs> there's an alien in a closet and he has two fingers
1: I know <laughs> <laughs> he sounds like a pirate or something like peg leg joe two finger aliens <laughs> something Something like that. Two Finger McGee. Two Finger McGee. (laughs) That's his name on Mars. (laughs) Bowman Jenkins Two Finger McGee. (laughs) Oh, Uh, Good morning, Monica. Good morning. It's Bagel Saturday. It is Bagel Saturday.
0: The great bagel debate of 2021 was happening this morning.
1: Yeah. So basically what I'm doing right now is a little bit of a social experiment. I don't mean to brag. (laughs) (laughs) But Uh I have the perfect test subject. (laughs) So... Uh, I've been collecting different bagels from various places in Los Angeles. Bagel vendors. Bagel vendors, if you will. Yeah. Bagel makers. Bagel craftsmen. Bagel bakers. Craftsmen. Artisans. Bagel artisans. <laughs> bagel mongers. Bagel mongers. <laughs> that's, the, that's the one. Bagel, bagel moguls. Ah. <laughs> that's really hard to say. It is. Bagel moguls. Yeah, because the ooh. Oh. Oh. Anyway, uh, anyway, so I've been collecting these bagels. So far, we've had Western Bagel in the Valley. Yes. Uh, and uh, we've had Einstein Brothers Bagels. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, I like Western a lot, a hell of a lot more.
0: Western has one out of the two, but honestly, yeah. not that difficult of a competition. That's true.
1: Stay tuned <laughs> for like next weekend or something when we order like different bagels. Very boutique bagels. Yes, I'm looking at either Maury's or, or Courage. Courage, courage. <laughs> uh, we'll see. I don't know. I hear they burn their bagels. <laughs> what do they do with bagels
0: up there in Montreal?
1: It's like the Montreal bagel is like an enigma. You it's look crispy. at it. You look at it, you think that you're looking at a bagel, but you're actually staring into the fucking abyss.
0: (laughs) I don't know how I'm going to feel about it because I don't like a crispy bagel. I like it to be chewy and doughy and soft. I also
1: like a a chewy bagel, but I need it to be like lightly toasted. Mm. I cannot eat a bagel on its own. I often eat an untoasted bagel. That's because you're a fucking monster. (laughs) Sorry, I like
0: that chew factor.
1: That's disgusting. (laughs) That is disgusting. You don't tell me how to eat my bangle. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you're representative of Hai Chu. No one <laughs> told you to be here.
0: Oh uh, well, Monica, how are you?
1: I am swell. I am excited. I'm excited to. Uh, there's a new A24 movie out called Lamb. Lamb. I'm. Have, excited. Did it just come out, mm. or is it about to come out? It just came out. Okay. It just, it just came. Like it just came out. Like, can
0: we go see it in a theater?
1: Yes, we can go see it in a theater. Um, uh, I'm excited because A24 is estab- really establishing themselves as the like boutique goat lamb story. Yeah, they they, under- under- they understand the um
0: the whimsy behind <laughs> <laughs> a goat slash a lamb slash sheep slash sheep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're speaking specifically about Black Phillip and the the Vvitch, v- the Vvitch. <laughs> um and then
1: the lamb and lamb. Just yeah. the two. So <laughs> just the two. Uh no, there's like a goat or a lamb think, or in I, like in midsummer, I right? think there's right, like a goat know. lamb. There's a head. I remember a head. I think more broadly they
0: just understand the um like the ominous imagery of an animal
1: like the fucking seagull in the lighthouse? <laughs> yes, the one that's just there. <laughs> like um it reminds me of, you know, that Blake Lively movie The Shallows. No. In the shallow. Sh- sh- no, I've never seen that movie. In the shallow. La- 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 yeah. The song
0: was just about the Blake Lively movie. Right? It really was. Okay. So
1: um uh in that movie Blake Lively is like on a rock. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which is funny because it's like, how long have we been on this rock? Oh, so it's like a prequel to the That's what I'm trying to say. The parallels are unprecedented. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's like, How long have we been on this rock? And she's like hiding from from this giant shark that like wants to eat her. This entire movie takes place on like a rock. Uh, The whole time. Uh, But anyway, there's a seagull. I think she calls him like Sammy Seagull or Steven Seagull or some bullshit name. Steven Seagull? Steven Seagull! (laughs) And so, uh, and it it just stays with her the whole time. Parallels, I'm telling you. Bad luck to kill a seabird. Bad luck to kill a (laughs) seabird. Oh, boy. uh, Anyway, A24 understands the assignment when it comes to like- They do. Animals being- the center of attention. I want to
0: see a, a demonic lamb. So let's go. We'll let's go watch see that. lamb, 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 lamb. Who are we talking about today, Monica?
1: Today we are discussing the one and only Rachel Vice.
0: That's Rachel Vice for um
1: <laughs> for the normal people. For the normies out
0: there. For the
1: normies as if <laughs> as if like her secret underground name is Rachel Voss. Rachel Rachel. It's definitely not. It's 100% Rachel It's Weiss. just Rachel. Um I'll tell you about Rachel, okay? Okay. I guess. Sit back. Chew on that bagel. I, the bagel's over. It's already chew gone. Chew on a second bagel. I really don't want to. It wasn't my favorite bagel. Okay, fine. Then just shut up and listen. All right.
0: <laughs> Rachel Hannah Vice is a British-American actress and producer. She was known as an English Rose.
1: <laughs> what the fuck?
0: <laughs> Which in case you didn't know, because I didn't, just refers to like a very fair-skinned beautiful young woman in england it's like a it's like
1: a colloquialism i guess okay that is everyone in english i'm just saying it's like everyone is fair because wikipedia made a point of mentioning this i just want to point out <laughs> england is an island in it the is. middle of the atlantic ocean Yeah, with a big fog cloud on the it. great fog <laughs> london fog london fog
0: <laughs> okay, she was known as an English rose and began modeling at the age of 14, but began acting in British stage and television in the early 1990s, making her film debut in Death Machine in 1994. Classic. She had roles in a number of films through the 90s, but it was her role as Evelyn in 1999's <laughs> The Mummy that gave her international recognition and success. In 2005, she starred in The Constant Gardener, which placed her among the ranks of Hollywood's most talented and gained her an Oscar, Golden Globe, SAG, and BAFTA awards. When she's not acting, Rachel is busy being married to James Bond, AKA Daniel Craig, and being an actual daddy to two
1: British babies. You know what? I had no idea she was married to Daniel Craig. <laughs> you didn't know that? Not even a little bit. Oh yeah, bit. they
0: married. No way. She, her first, well, she was first with Darren Aronofsky. Oh
1: <gasps> no, <Yeah>. Rachel!
0: <laughs> Honey, you can do so and much better. And that was her first baby, and then um, she had her second one with oh with Daniel god. Craig. I think she was like forty eight or something. Yeah. I'm sure
1: she doesn't look forty eight. No, the bitch doesn't age. <laughs> she like genuinely doesn't. Oh my god, here it is: Rachel Vice, Daniel Craig. They look like they belong together. Strangely. I know they're they're
0: a beautiful couple.
1: This is bizarre. This bizarre. is this is so bizarre. <laughs> Why is this? This is so bizarre. Why so is this bizarre. happening? Oh my god! Wait, how long have they been married? They've been married since twenty eleven. Yeah. What? Yeah. How many wives has Daniel Craig had? I don't know. Two. He's had two wives. Who was the first? Fiona Loudon or Loudon Loudon Fiona Loudon. And then Rachel Weiss. But he married. So he married his first wife in nineteen ninety two and divorced her in nineteen ninety four. And then didn't marry again into t- until Rachel Vice in twenty eleven. I mean, a man of his word. He didn't. He, he hadn't found the one. He didn't find the one. The one. The, the vice. The vice. <laughs> oh my god, that one was a stretch. Thank but it's you. okay.
0: <laughs> I wonder what their children look like. I mean, she's only three.
1: <laughs> oh, so she looks like a blob. Yeah, she looks eyes. like
0: a walking potato.
1: Yeah, she'll eventually game features (laughs) i mean she probably looks like a child i'm sure i'm i'm (laughs) there are apparently like no photographs of their wedding it like doesn't exist i mean that i feel like that's pretty standard i mean no did you not see all the photos from kim kardashian's wedding are you equating Rachel Vice to <laughs> Karen Ashton? Excuse me. Skims is a wonderful company. Most
0: celebrities now, you don't see pictures of their wedding. No. There's just a few. Like you saw Mandy Moore's because it was like a whole thing.
1: Mandy Moore's was a whole thing. And do you know what? Um, uh, David Harbour from, uh, mm-hmm. from um, Stranger Things slash The New Hellboy, which was fucking terrible. <laughs> um, he had a wedding with Lily, Lily Allen, Allen mm-hmm. who had the song that everyone was like super into for yeah. a long time that was like Fuck you <laughs> Fuck you baby baby ma ah 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 like that was her whole thing. And uh they had a fucking wedding in Vegas at yeah. like the little child that was I love it. It was so iconic and her dress was so beautiful and like they had in and out afterwards and it was like It was like the opposite of what Jennifer Lawrence does, which is like try too hard to be relatable. Yes. They just like exist Mm -hmm. as like relatable and then express that. Yeah. It is beautiful. I love that.
0: Well, yeah, you never get to see a good celeb wedding anymore. You remember when Anne Hathaway got married? Everyone was so excited about it. And then someone took like a horrible photo from a helicopter. And that's the only image that exists (laughs) (laughs)
1: from her wedding. (laughs) Who did Anne Hathaway marry? I don't know. He's not
0: famous. He's just some
1: random did she end up marrying that guy from the devil wears prada <laughs> adrian grenier the real villain of the film <laughs> no he like lives on a ranch in austin ew I wait know. what yeah. what is happening to all these celebrities she married someone named adam shulman he's a producer <laughs> oh okay i i mean no not okay what the fuck yeah yeah i'm so confused here i don't know monica when is jennifer anison gonna get married to brad pitt I don't want to talk about it. When is that going to happen? I don't want to talk about it. Why don't you want to talk about it?
0: So I I have conflicting feelings about this because while it would be beautiful for them to get married, I also completely understand how for (laughs) her specifically, she's probably like, shut the fuck up. That relationship ended so long ago.
1: (laughs) Can I just live my life? Okay, it's not my fault that Bennifer is back and therefore has given me renowned hope. This is true. I wonder if
0: Brad is just sitting at home like, do I text her? Do I text her? Do I not? I'm sure they're in a relationship. Maybe email would be
1: better? Perhaps. (laughs) Maybe like Snapchat I'm just gonna snap you
0: DM her. She's on Instagram. I'm
1: snap Jen. <laughs> hey Jen, it's me, Brad. B B <laughs> love me, B. B. And then he like sends her. He sends her a gift, and she like opens her door. There's like a box. She she's like, "What's in the box?" <laughs> And he pops on, and he's like, Gotcha, gotcha, because gotcha, I was in seven, I was in seven, <laughs> and that's their whole relationship. <laughs> they just make movie references of their own movies yeah. to each other.
0: <laughs> She's like, I know, Brad, I was there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> murder me oh, my, oh god. my god okay we should talk we should talk about rachel oh now. rachel right. right okay i wish you all the happiness with with daniel craig and and, and he <laughs> three children two children two children <laughs> one children with him the other with the other one with the darren, darren I, it's aronofsky. Dar it is darren aronofsky right i'm pretty sure i genuinely have no fucking i've has has rachel vice been in a darren aronofsky film
0: Um, I don't know, but it is Darren Aronofsky because her child's name is Henry Aronofsky. So I'm going to assume. Oh,
1: Henry Aronofsky. Oh my God. Oh, Darren Aronofsky. What's his face? He's a very cute child. Darren Aronofsky has a film coming up called The Whale. The Whale? Not in the mood, Darren. Mm. Not in the mood. (laughs) Ever since he came out with, mother, I don't trust him. You're just like, no. I don't trust him. I don't trust him that i won't like walk in and have a visceral terrifying experience oh,
0: i never saw it nor do i want to don't, I don't like the poster for that it's jennifer it's, lawrence
1: looks like a wax doll she does look like, like oh yeah she does yeah you know what come to think of it she doesn't even look real
0: no and the poster i think it's supposed to be like a weird stylized she, look, she looks
1: like she's in like a comic book or something yeah genuinely i know oh anyway anyway rachel rachel <laughs> rachel <Rockle. Rockle. laughs> Okay, Monica, tell me about
0: the first movie.
1: I shout! I shout, Jessica, please. The Constant Gardener came out in 2005, written by Jeffrey Kane, directed by Fernando Merelles, or Merelles, depending on, is he French? I don't know. Is he Spanish? Who knows? Merelles? It could be Merelle? anything. It genuinely could be anything. <laughs> uh, based on the novel by Jean Le Carré. Or oui. John Licari. <laughs> could be Italian, could be French. He's Who French. Knows? That man's French. Oh, Francois. <laughs> Assigned to a new post, British diplomat Justin Quayle, played by Ray Fiennes, relocates to Kenya with his lovely young wife, Tessa, played by Rachel Weiss, an activist for social justice. When Tessa is found murdered out in the wilderness, circumstances point to her friend, Dr. Arnold Bloom played by Hubert Kunde, But it is soon clear that he is not the killer. Grief-stricken and angry, Justin sets out to uncover the truth behind Tessa's murder. And in the process, he unearths some disturbing revelations about the pharmaceuticals, industries, and governments in Kenya and the UK. Which is the United Kingdom. (laughs) In case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. And also Kenya's in Africa, in case you didn't (laughs) know that either. (laughs) Thank you for the geography lesson. You're welcome. I took AP Human Geography. As did I. AP I Hug. Know. AP Hug. <laughs> there was uh there was a giant man like hugging. Yeah. As like the graphic image for the class um outside of like my classroom door That's in high cute. school. It was adorable. It was like this little man in a little beret. That, is that was like cute. embracing. himself really but it was it was like blown up so that it like filled up the whole door i like iconic and it said ap hug with like an exclamation point (laughs) hug but like hug is spelled h like big h small u little u little u and then like big g G. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh, okay the constant gardener the constant gardener an iconic film it's so long, it's, it, and yet it's not. <laughs> it's like it's two so hours, it's if, like just over two, I think. If you like, like, like spy movies, or even like, like, uh, United Nations types That's movies, it's like a political drama. It's like a political drama. Like, it's it's genuinely very fast paced, uh-huh. so you don't really feel the the what is it like? It's over two hours long. Yeah, I um, think it's like two hours and seven minutes. It's like two hours and seven minutes. You don't really feel that, especially because. Oof, the chemistry between Rafe and Rachel. Zion. The way they Damn. the way they
0: structured this movie was very very smart very, because very smart.
1: I was worried
0: when I read the synopsis and knew that she was dead. Like that's the whole point. That's not a mystery. No. That's <laughs> like they give that to you. She dies instantly. Basically um, instantly. And then the whole movie is told mostly in flashback. And then they do some cuts to modern day and so i was like oh i wonder if she's gonna be in enough of this and she's in
1: the whole fucking thing she's and in she's the whole movie very good unlike another movie we'll talk about later but <laughs> in this one she's in the whole thing yeah very well deserved with um all those noms all those wins very well deserved like genuinely yeah it's not a movie I think I ever would have seen otherwise. Oh, absolutely not. Dude, first of all, the title is very off-putting. <laughs>
0: the Constant Gardener. You
1: th- you would think, and especially because of some of the stills from the movie, you would think that it was like a rom-com or like a romantic film, especially mm-hmm. because of the title. It's just very misleading. Yeah, And then you look at the poster, and it's like very disjointed because yeah. it is. it looks like like the Bourne Legacy <laughs> poster. <laughs> yeah. Or like the poster of like that one movie with george clooney and what's her face i think it's like angelina jolie or someone like angelina jolie from that same era Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's the same thing it looks like um an intense poster yeah and so it's just a very disjointed experience yeah and like the subject
0: matter is not something i would usually gravitate towards
1: like Taking down the pharmaceutical
0: companies. Yeah, but I was very invested.
1: Oh, 100%. I was watching this movie first of all, and it's also interesting to like. It's interesting that we saw it now yeah. in this day and age because obviously, to those of you who don't know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And there's like a lot of discourse around like the vaccine mm-hmm. and like a bunch of other stuff. And, you know, I don't want to say too, too much because I don't want this podcast to get like banned, <laughs> flagged, flagged for like spreading misinformation or something. But, you know, there's a lot of yeah. discourse around like the, you know, med- certain medications or certain, um, certain vaccines or certain, certain, um, like ingestible. I'm trying to like not not say like pharmaceuticals. Yes, very good, Jessica. (laughs) Very good, Jessica. Thank you. Pharmaceuticals. Pharmaceuticals. Right, (laughs) where people are, you know, creating their own methods to fight things, and also just like the big, the big companies. Y'all know the ones. One of them. uh, One of them. One of the vaccines being funded by one (laughs) Miss Dolly. But those companies, right? You know, knowing about like. Their kind of sketchier pasts mm-hmm. or like the way that things are like the way the pharmaceuticals are handled in this country. That's what this movie really made me think about mm-hmm. is like, what the fuck is going on with the pharmaceuticals industry? A lot of nefarious shit. So much nefarious shit. We just don't know about. Exactly. And so like, <laughs> it's a much bigger deal than you yeah. would think it is. The closest I've ever gotten to like understanding the pharmaceuticals business or like industry mm-hmm. is in New Girl in that one season where <laughs> Zoe Deschanel is like gone for the entire season. And they're Megan Fox. She's on maternity leave. And then Megan Fox <laughs> comes on as like Reagan. <laughs> the pharmaceuticals rep the pharmaceuticals rep and she's like always toting around this like roller bag and Uh like handing people free ovaries like squeezable ovaries Uh, like for stress yeah and like various medications she's always like pushing drugs Uh that is the extent of my knowledge of pharmaceutical companies
0: well and then my knowledge of it in Africa and the UK is nothing
1: beyond nothing like nothing. less than nothing.
0: And this movie essentially essentially what is happening is that Rachel Vice is an activist and she discovers that the big pharma of the UK, I guess, is testing medication on poor people in Africa. And it's not that the medication doesn't work. It's just that it has really bad side, like deadly side effects in quite a number of people. Yes. But instead of taking that data and reworking it, because that would make it, you know, more years in the making and they can't make their money instantly. Mm-hmm. They're just brushing it under the rug, continuing to test it, and then gonna put it on the market regardless. And so all of these people are dying and she's figuring that out. And her husband is a diplomat. And so she gets moited by yeah, um murid. by i mean by british people in in kenya um because of the information that she is threatening to expose
1: yeah so she's she's a true social justice advocate she's yeah. also like very brave in this film mm-hmm. and obviously dies in a very violent way Yeah, and it's just it's one of those things where you watch this movie and you're kind of just like what kind of nefarious shit is the is big pharma doing i know it really freaks me out it really freaks (laughs) you out and so that i will say that like air like it it almost brings like an air of realness to the film that makes it even more terrifying and like more thrilling because this is this film is i think like a a thriller that's Mm -hmm. really what it is yeah i mean that's how it's described and so it makes it a lot more thrilling when you realize that like this is all stuff that could 100% happen in real life. And probably is happening. And pro- most definitely is probably happening and we have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. um but yeah, no. <laughs> Rachel Vice is so stunning in this movie and the the performance that she gives is just it's very like she's very sure of herself in this Mm -hmm. movie and that's what i really love about rachel vice is that she can go from like being like a squeaky little mouse to being someone like the character that she is in this movie who is like completely like brimming with confidence super sure of herself like is like and is also incredibly brave so yeah kudos to my girl
0: yeah what's what's interesting is she tends to play these roles of like I'm not like other girls oh yeah which gets tiring most of the time for some people but with her it feels very authentic and then when I was writing her bio I read she in an interview she has said multiple times she's just like I've never felt like I fit in anywhere and I'm like okay then this checks out as to why you're getting these roles and why you carry yourself this way and why I'm able to buy it as such authenticity because she like she really isn't like other girls she's stunningly beautiful but there is something about her that you can tell she has like a fire in her and an edge and like she's not going to take anybody's shit and she's super confident and therefore she's really really magnetic in this in this movie specifically
1: yeah i completely agree with that and i think a big part of what makes that so is the way that like the way that she speaks is very intentional Mm -hmm. and very direct especially in this movie and that you know that's really the dialogue but it's also like in her delivery Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just very direct and very confident and she is able to do that (laughs) convincingly (laughs) because we have seen it multiple times in other other actors that are given dialogue like this and a character like this and just completely like don't miss the mark right? because it's not, it's not part of like their own personal personality Mm -hmm. or their like personal ability to act that confident, but also be like kind of an odd duck. Like she's not, she is not normal in this movie. No, no,
0: (laughs) not at all. She's considered like kind of like an inconvenience Mm -hmm. by a lot of people and yet, all of the men are so taken by her. But what I love is that she's clearly so self-aware of how enchanting she is and how like vexing she is towards all of these men. So the way that she talks to them is just kind of like, I know that you are so charmed by me and I'm going to take advantage of this. And she's like, uh, the the whole, her whole like shtick in the movie is that pretty much every man around her is in love with her.
1: Basically. Like literally literally. in love with her. But like she
0: only has eyes for Rafe. (laughs)
1: Only Rafe, which very good for her because her and Rafe spice things the fuck up in this movie. Beautiful chemistry. Beautiful chemistry. I
0: love how many moments in this movie there are of you just seeing their relationship.
1: They have believable, Mm -hmm. loving care. Like genuinely, it's not just like the sparks fly. That's really not even what it is. Uh It's mostly just like, the way that they move together is so fluid. Mm-hmm. It I don't know what it is, and I don't know who thought to put Rafe and Rachel together. But like massive, massive amounts of applause yeah. because the way that they like click with each other in this movie. I'm I'm sitting here like, duh. Like, who has not been putting them in more, like, movies in life? Confusing.
0: Yeah, yeah, their character dynamic is super interesting because his character, he's, like, very quiet and reserved, and you can kind of tell that when he looks at her, he's sort of like, how did I get yeah,
1: this? Yeah, he just feels very lucky. He feels very lucky, and she
0: doesn't she is like he is the only person in her life that she treats as as like of course I'm with you yes like it's not even a question of course we belong together etc it's not like she doesn't treat him like it's a privilege for him to be around her which is how she treats the other men in her life which is why it's really funny yes (laughs) because she's like I know you're in love with me and I know it's an absolute privilege for you to be in my (laughs) presence
1: um (laughs) but not you Rafe but I will ruin your life (laughs) Rafe you're perfect everyone else fuck you I'm gonna ruin your life I'm gonna use your attraction to me and ruin your fucking life (laughs) literally literally like that is her entire mo in this whole thing
0: um I think another part of why this performance is really really fascinating to me is because she her character exists like solely through memories in the whole movie you see like one moment at the very beginning Mm -hmm. where she's alive and then she dies and then the rest of it is all memories through
1: Rafe's lens through his through his brain because yeah. she's dead and she only exists in like the past exactly essentially. and
0: their relationship was so good and so authentic so that pure. he was never like blind to her flaws mm-hmm. so the, the portrayal we get of her even though it is through memories it's not super i mean parts of it are romanticized but you still see like her flaws as a human being, which I really, really appreciate because I don't think I would enjoy her as much. I think I would have found her really kind of self-righteous if it was just like, she's so romanticized and isn't she a, an amazing activist who was murdered for her good deeds.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think like, I think, yes, absolutely. I think we definitely don't see her through like those rose colored glasses. Nothing yeah. is fully romanticized. There are definitely aspects of her yes that through Rafe's memory are like, blown up to be very romanticized yeah like when she's pregnant yeah like when she's pregnant Mm -hmm. but then also there's the flip side of that like when she loses the baby right and the performance that rachel vice gives when this happens and when she finds this out and like moving on from it but like not really moving on from Mm -hmm. it because she's so fucking convoluted is insane i've never seen her do anything like that
0: yeah it's like it's she's such because she's a very vibrant person. The character is very vibrant. I would argue that Rachel Vice as a person is incredibly vibrant. And oh, totally. Magnetic. I mean, she's Daniel Craig.
1: I exactly. Mean, oh, come on.
0: <laughs> and when she loses the baby, it's kind of like she just shuts herself off and you just can no longer see anything behind her eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's freaky. Yeah, like (laughs) lights
1: are on, nobody's home, baby. Yeah. That's literally what she does. And
0: she's just running on autopilot and like her husband doesn't know how to get through to her. And the only person she'll talk to is her fucking friend, the doctor, Dr. Bloom. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, but even even in that dynamic, she's not fully present because she's just sort of spiraling, trying to focus her energies on other things other than the fact that she lost her child. Mm -hmm. But she can't. She's still like stuck emotionally in this
1: pit. very know? good. Yeah. Enough. <laughs> it's over. <laughs> so yeah, I think all in all, this is, this movie took me completely by surprise because the amount of range that Rachel was able to give in this movie mm-hmm. was kind of insane. Yeah. Um, I think like there were moments where there were complete and utter pitfalls. Like for example, like we were talking about earlier, like with the baby, losing the baby, but also like, immense joy Mm -hmm. and also snarkiness and confidence and also like real danger. She got to do a lot in this movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Because I mean, on the surface, it is a story about like (sighs) corruption.
1: Yes. That's really what it is. But
0: at the root of it, it is, it is a love story. And, um, she gives you both and it's, it's beautiful.
1: It's gorgeous. 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 We love you. Rachel. Now we're going to move in a different direction, in a very different direction. So, like that was, I would say, like blockbuster, yeah, movie, big pharma, big stars. (laughs) She's she's serving you big pharma. She's giving you big pharma, big stars, Ray Fiennes, (laughs) and then she, then she tones it down a little bit. Mm-hmm. and serves you what jessica
0: she serves you the lobster the lobster <laughs> came out in 2015 written by Yorgos lanthimos and i'm so sorry if i butcher this but i don't know how to pronounce greek things and um ephemus Filippou. do yeah. you, do we think that sounds right or like ephemus ephemus either one of the two ephemus philippo yeah and directed by Yorgos lanthimos In a dystopian society, single people must enter into a romantic relationship within a strict time limit of 45 days or else they are transformed into an animal (laughs) of their choice david played by colin farrell a guest at the hotel for singles escapes into the woods where he meets and falls in love with a short-sighted woman played by rachel weiss no
1: literally her character is a short-sighted, short-sighted woman. woman nobody else has a name All right, except guys. For him. <laughs> this is one of my favorite movies i love movies like this where it's completely like off kilter yeah everything's insane it's very absurdist but also yes. like it, it almost like what, what the director is trying to do or like, I guess not trying because he succeeds in it and mm-hmm. we're just there as spectators <laughs> is um, it's basically a social commentary on like the way that society puts like where society puts dating on a pedestal yeah, and like where like partnership functions and like those in like the cultural and social zeitgeist. So like a big part of it is like, you know, we are so caught up in, in like aspects of compatibility, like on like dating apps or Mm -hmm. like just in real life where you're like, you like purple too. I like purple. We are soulmates. (laughs) Like that's, you know, and it's, it's, it's really fucking funny. This is a comedy, right? Like this is supposed to be a funny film. And, um, but a lot of it is obviously rooted in like real life and Mm -hmm. like real emotions of like loneliness and sadness and, like feeling like not good enough because everyone around you is telling you like you have to be partnered up and if you're not you're nothing right and you know so yeah that that's that's really like what the movie's about i know that the movie itself is a little bit like disjointed and confusing yeah (laughs) because uh because just like the way that it exists in the world The first oh. time I
0: tried watching this movie, I got an, I got to the point where he meets Rachel Weisz. Oh because Rachel Weisz does not come in until is halfway enough. through the movie. Uh, well,
1: to be fair, she narrates the entire this, movie. Yeah, okay. So technically she's like in the whole movie, but right. she's not in the movie until the middle of the movie.
0: I got to the point where he meets her and I was like, this movie is really depressing me. <laughs> and
1: so I turned it off. <laughs> and
0: so this is the first time I've seen it the whole way through.
1: <laughs> it's funny because um, I went to go see this in the movie. Theater. This came out I think in like 2015. Yeah. And I was yodeling throughout the entire <laughs> That does not film. surprise I me. I was yodeling. I was like, oh my God, this is the funniest thing I've ever seen. And the problem was, I just remember this so vividly because it's one of the most insane movie experiences like I've like going to the movies I've ever experienced. It was like half the movie theater was like lightly chuckling and the other half was like completely silent and like crying <laughs> <laughs> and i was there in the back cackling. Like, and cackling just like, shoveling popcorn down d- your throat oh, you know like <laughs> popcorn and like also those like sourpunk straws yeah and, and you're, was you're just like so silly so silly <laughs> it's definitely, and a lot of critics say like this movie, uh, like many of his other films are like an acquired taste. Like, Yeah, Yorgos Lanthimos really is specific. It's not even that it's like elitist. It's just like specific. Yeah, it's very <laughs> like, specific. Because quite frankly, it's not like he's like doing anything that, he's not doing anything unique in that like tackling these like big subjects no but the way that he does it again is just like very (laughs) also the way that
0: he writes dialogue
1: oh it's very like off-putting yeah (laughs) (laughs) and like disjointed it really makes you uncomfortable you're like did you really just say that the way that you said it because you could have said it any other way (laughs) yeah yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So just a little <laughs> bit of framing around this fucking film.
0: Yeah. And like Monica said, Rachel is the narrator. Mm-hmm. And so that's your first intro to her. And she has such like an enchanting but authoritative <laughs> voice that's yeah. just like laying out the facts and some of them are a little like off color. Um, but you don't really some. <laughs> you don't really question it because you're just like, ah oh, yes, Rachel Vice, the voice of authority. Oh uh, yes. Um, uh, but we're being introduced to the world by someone who has rejected it. So I think that is somewhat specific and so you're automatically set up to like sort of hate the circumstances exactly. that are being put in front of you, exactly. which, which I think is helpful,
1: honestly. To kind of
0: understand what they're saying. It also, it
1: it also provides, like she provides a lot of the comedic relief in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Because through specifically her narration in the beginning and then obviously she doesn't really come in into the middle, but in her narration, like for example, she comments on on things, like she is alive. She's not Mm -hmm. just like reading off of a script. Like she has her own commentary on the things that are happening. Not always, but sometimes. And then she'll also like straight up narrate shit that has already been said word for word. Yes, like someone will be saying like, <laughs> "Hey, I'm gonna meet you over there at noon," and she'll go, and then he, they were going to meet him over there at noon. Like, <laughs> uh, it's and that just it makes you chuckle. Like you're like. Mom it's how like, absurd yeah like she
0: really was a an excellent vehicle for your, oh, so for good. his writing oh yeah she I,
1: gets it i she think gets they're it. a
0: really good filmmaker actor match
1: they're an really unexpected great. match yeah. but a very good one which we'll talk about another one of their matches at the end but yeah. like they just for whatever reason are like meant for each other yeah
0: and I, also because like even though she is this very beautiful woman she has sort of like a like a frightening Uh, (laughs)
1: intensity (laughs) she looks fucking you you can say she looks fucking insane yeah she looks like she could kill you she has this like crazy look in her eye yeah like
0: like, (laughs) but that's that's why i think she's so fucking good because when she smiles she looks so like warm and inviting and you're so intrigued by her but she also has that crazy ability to just vacate her eyes so you have no idea what she's thinking you're like you could stab me or you could
1: like be in love with me and i have no idea i have no idea it's like it's like a weird challenge to the manic pixie dream girl like a weird subversion of the manic pixie dream girl because she's not a dream girl no she's the fucking opposite she's like a she's like a subway rat she's the opposite um, but then she's the
0: one that you wake up one day and you're like i'm in love with her i'm in love with a subway rat
1: i'm so i didn't see this coming and she's just like
0: yes yes it's me
1: you're bringing me rabbits aren't you so good just so good and then i love that she narrates like the way that she likes to eat the rabbit yes
0: it's so good it's so
1: because okay so like to paint or to set the scene they're like out there are differences between like the people that are participating in this like hotel mm-hmm. and the people who decide like fuck this I'm gonna be on my own yeah. and they are conveniently called loners which is technically it's it's illegal yeah it's literally illegal in this dystopian society to be without a partner yeah you which get is arrested. positively absurd but that's the point yeah so like when they go off to like the mall or out to the city if a police person stops them and is like excuse me are you here with your partner where are your papers where are your papers you have to be able to like produce the partner or the papers or else you fucking die or something it's kind of insane you get arrested and sent to the hotel exactly and then you have 45 days in this hotel to complete your like partnership with someone otherwise you get turned into an animal and you can gain more days by shooting other guests with (laughs) tranquilizer darts exactly which the other guests are the ones who have like ran away and are causing problems yeah and so then they drag them back to the hotel and turn them into animals yes so it's a whole thing and then the loners are like led by that one french actress yes i don't know her name she was in like that one movie um (laughs) Uh, oh yeah. yeah that, that woman. That, that woman. No, I don't
0: know who you're talking about.
1: <laughs> she was in um uh wasn't she in like blue's the warmest color or something? Oh, maybe I didn't see that. In that like art in like that art film. <laughs> I have no idea. But I'm pretty sure that was her. Okay. Uh she's this like French actress who I think, is, like, the leader of the loners, but they're kind of like a co-op. She's, like, their inside man. (laughs) She's, like, their inside man. (laughs) And they only listen to EDM because if they listen to songs with lyrics in them, they might, like, romanticize the songs and then develop feelings for each other.
0: That's the thing, though. Like,
1: I don't understand. That's
0: the only thing I don't understand (laughs) is that, like... The Why disco? is it bad for them to eventually want to be in a relationship like I understand that they're hiding from from the- the uh the man i guess
1: <laughs> i don't know like that's
0: their way of life ponchos and edm it's just so it's really that's the part where i'm like okay this
1: is silly <laughs> like if you two of you fall in love what's the big fucking deal you guys like they have like literal punishments yeah for the people who fall in love like we get in, you know when we we're first introduced to the loners like the these pack this pack of loners mm-hmm. um a couple of the loners like that were in love like had like tape over their mouths that was like bleeding over like with gauze yeah and it is explained to us like oh you know they they like got the kiss of the red kiss or some shit and you know our protagonist david he's like watch that (laughs) and they're like oh you know they uh, we we cut their we cut their mouths (laughs) uh and make and make them kiss because they were like flirting it sounds so so awful so yeah and like it's very casual the way that they explain it (laughs)
0: this movie's fucking wild i love it's this a movie. wild movie especially like what happens to rachel weiss is even wilder it's just this insane. movie just escalates
1: listen you think she's getting lasik but she's not
0: no not at all okay so it's big big spoil this is a big massive spoil spoiler um fucking uh Leia say is in this movie she's another french bitch oh she's the she's the one you're thinking of yeah. i was thinking of the french maid
1: no, not the French maid. She's not like the leader of the Lomers. No, race.
0: I was like, she's the inside man. I thought you were no. talking about her. You're talking no, no. about like the, the other the French bitch. actress. Yeah, the other French What's actress. What's her face? Lea Seydoux. She's That's in, her name. She
1: is, wasn't she in Blue's The Warmest Color? I have no idea. I haven't what, seen the movie. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> blue. Yeah. She, she, plays that main, she plays the main one, the one with the blue. The blue <laughs> woman. The blue. Okay. The, you know? The okay, blue so one. Yes,
0: she is in blue is the warmest color. Okay, you were, great. You're correct. Even in
1: 2013.
0: <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So she, she is the leader and she's a massive bitch. And she takes Rachel Vice to get her eyes fixed because she's <laughs> short-sighted. Uh, when but they instead, go into like the city. Yeah. Instead, she just has her blinded by
1: this rando doctor.
0: And Rachel Vice is, she's just, she's just fucking blind now and she's walking around the woods with gauze over her eyes with her arms out just like where are you (laughs) it's me rachel weiss where are you sighted woman but it's weird because like even like human emotion in this movie like doesn't exist it
1: doesn't it's it's very like one-sided
0: yeah and so like even though she's been blinded her like she doesn't have like despair she has like a very sweet sadness to her which is arguably more depressing than if she was actually
1: really sad because you're
0: looking at her you're just like
1: fuck i think a big part of it is because they're primed to expect the worst yeah so like for example a big a a big through line with the loners is they all have to dig their own graves (laughs) And they have to like pick a spot that they like because no one's going to dig their grave for them and no one's going to put them in their own grave. So if they're dying, they have to like crawl over to their grave and put yeah. themselves in it. Yeah. Uh, so like that's like a big part of it. So I think a lot of it is like, she has the predisposition Already set in. Yeah. Like she already knows like all of these terrible things are going to happen to her. So when she's blind, she's like, oh, I am blind. <laughs> Oi, mister. I'm blind. Oi, did you make me? What you have to do that for? I don't understand. And it's like less. It's less despairy and more like matter-of-fact. Like, yeah. why did you blind me? Very confusing. Why didn't you just blind that other guy? <laughs> like, well, well, the biggest issue is that now she can't, like,
0: communicate secretly with Colin Farrell anymore. Exactly. Because they did these, like, series of signs with their yeah. hands. They and come up with their, like, own version of sign language <laughs> so that they can converse without people knowing that they're a couple.
1: Because they're in this co-op.
0: Yeah, where they're not allowed to be in love. (laughs)
1: Listen,
0: I know it sounds crazy. (laughs) You
1: genuinely just have to watch it. But basically, (laughs) so she, and her whole identity, the whole reason why she even connects with David is because she's short-sighted. And David is short-sighted. And they both wear either contacts or glasses. She wears contacts, he wears glasses. um, And uh, their entire relationship- (laughs) hinges upon the fact that they are both short-sighted. Yeah. Period, end of discussion. So when she becomes blind, she says, I have something to tell you. And he's like, what is it? Like, you can tell me anything. Yeah. She's like, I'm blind. (laughs) And he's just like, oh no right. he's like very
0: freaked out by it
1: he's freaked out not because she's blind but because they no longer have this connection yeah and so they spend like there's an entire scene where they spend like probably presumably hours together trying to figure out what they have what else they have in common yeah. besides He's <laughs> like can you speak german no <laughs> okay well i can teach it to you but it would take a year so it doesn't matter <laughs> it's
0: so upsetting watching them like try and connect and but like the thing I I think the thing that I love most about her performance is like you can see her embracing the black comedy aspect yes. of this like like through all of the the absurdity and this sort of like bottomless sadness of of a life that is forever doomed oh <laughs> she finds like humor and sweetness in it as an actress and that that's like that's the fun part to yeah. watch.
1: yeah she uh she gives me like Greg Heffley vibes Ooh, <laughs> what's his face from Diary of a Wimpy Kid, the cartoon? Oh, I have
0: no idea.
1: <laughs> they have the exact same vibes in this
0: movie. <laughs> Rachel Vice and the the short-sighted woman is the same as the Wimpy Kid
1: <laughs> <laughs> from Diary of from a Diary wimpy. of a Wimpy Kid the the writer of the I'm diary. Dead. Like <laughs> the, the thing is, she like she's so far in it that. It's so hard to distinguish who Rachel Vice is and who the short-sighted woman is because she c- fucking commits to the absurdity that is this movie. She's a shockingly adaptable actress, like she's, despite being a very specific
0: one. Yes, she is weirdly very adaptable.
1: She is in on the joke this entire movie. Yeah, this entire movie, she's like, "I'm committed. This is my role. <laughs> Oi, <Oy, laughs> the lobster." And like you know, and there's this scene that I love that she's in where she is listening to EDM in her headphones with everyone else and they're having like a silent disco. Yeah, And she's like dancing fucking insanely because like probably none of them know how to dance, yes. <laughs> which is why they don't have partners, clearly. <laughs> um, And so, and she's just like living her best life, mm-hmm. like out in this poncho, in this co-op, <laughs> with, <laughs> under these trees, listening to fucking, like how do they charge these MP3 players? No like, idea. So confused. No idea. So, yeah, oh, that's that's really the essence of the lobster is her commitment to this role, and not just this role, but like the style of the movie yeah. and the nuances of the movie, and like saying like I'm in on this joke, mm-hmm. I can handle this, and it comes off as very authentic, as opposed to like she's trying too hard. Like, yes. can you imagine someone like I don't know, like Jennifer Lawrence being in this movie? No, forget it. No, fucking forget. It would have been a fucking awful movie. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Darren Aronofsky, <laughs>
0: <laughs> totally different starring film, starring Jennifer Lawrence <laughs> and
1: Bradley Cooper. Oh no!
0: <laughs> okay, Monica, tell, tell me about the next film. I will. I just need to say one more thing. What? What are you gonna say? John C. Riley. <laughs> no. <laughs> <This film. laughs> Poor John C. Riley gets his hand put in a toaster. He has.
1: He's the <laughs> lisp man poor john poor johnny boy just like you know if if you have the time and the energy tonight pour one out for johnny boy yeah john c right what a talented actor oh honestly. so good also committed to the bit in this movie genuinely <laughs> genuinely committed <laughs> uh moment of silence for the lobster yep. all right okay moving on <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the other fucking absurdist film in Tell this movie Tell me, lineup. Monica. Uh, this one is one of your favorites, Jessica. Yes. Conveniently called The Favorite. The Favorite. I look at it and I think it's spelled wrong. It's not. It's, it's the, British the British spelling. way. Came out in 2018, very recently. Written by Tony McNamara and Deborah Davis. Directed by Yorgos Lantimos. In early 18th century England, England is at war with the French or les Lefrancoise. <laughs> Le <Françoise. laughs> <laughs> A frail Queen Anne played by the one and only Olivia fucking Coleman. Done so well. So well deserved, all the recognition <laughs> for this role. Occupies the throne and her close friend Lady Sarah played by Rachel Weiss, governs the country in her stead while tending to Anne's ill health and mercurial temper. When a new servant, Abigail, played by Emma Stone, arrives, her charm endears her to Sarah, and she takes Abigail under her wing. And Abigail sees a chance to return to her aristocratic roots. The get <laughs> by any means necessary. What a film! Wow. If you have not seen this movie, mm-hmm. I need you to pause this podcast. You're missing the fuck right out. now because you're missing the fuck out. This is a movie that got a lot of praise. That got a lot of recognition. In my opinion, not enough even. Not enough. Even then, because a lot of people didn't get it. They That's thought it true. was weird. It, which and it is. It is weird, but it is also so funny. This is where I get mad at middle America. I'm this sorry, is like but- <laughs> Oh my god. I'm to all of middle America, I apologize. <laughs> I'm kidding.
0: I more so mean this is where I get mad at like like my parents, etc., who went and saw this movie and they were like it was weird and like you don't under you don't understand like i hate being like the teenagers like you don't understand art but like you don't you don't get it <laughs> you don't understand that films aren't just supposed to be like entertainment cash cows
1: you yeah. idiots so um so again there's another co-op it's at the palace this time <laughs> <laughs> everyone's in this co-op they're all dressed the same <laughs> it's it's a it's just the court it's, it's the, just the court <laughs> yeah. Um, This is genuinely like a phenomenal film. It's amazing. It is amazing. This one was not written by uh, Yorgos Lanthimos like the lobster was. So we didn't get like the full Yorgos effect.
0: No, it's very visually Yorgos and like same sort of absurdity. And, but like the dialogue isn't quite as absurd. It's still odd.
1: Yeah. But it's not the same. You know what? They have have very similar sensibilities, which is why they work and like married very well. Mm But I think like this dialogue was a lot more easily digestible because it wasn't just like, hand me the rabbit. <laughs> yeah. But,
0: but this one, there's a lot of dialogue and it's pretty fast. And it's like, it's like a volley. Yeah. It's like watching a tennis match and the actors keep the fuck up. I know. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sorry. Quick shout
1: out to Nicholas Holt. Oh my God. That man. What a talent. Wow. I love that he ended up in this movie. Like, yes. look at his career. His career has been kind of insane. Yes. And he's been all over the fucking place. Like, he started out as fucking
0: Jennifer Lawrence's boyfriend and in warm bodies.
1: Yeah. And then- Well, he was on Skins UK. Yes, and then, too. And he played this, like, fucking- Essentially a fuck boy of, of the, aughts. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> the aughts. And then- The And then became- the guy in Warm Bodies, the the yeah. main zombie guy, the big zombie, and boy. people were like, "Oh, he's cute." I do the you way not I, know? Pop the the culture? way that I said that sentence
0: made it sound like he played her boyfriend in Warm Bodies, yes. which oh, is no. not what I meant. He
1: played that. <laughs> he played that one. That one like actress, yeah, the Kristen Stewart knockoff. Yeah, yeah the, yes, exactly, her boyfriend. <laughs> but the but she's blonde. Yeah, not brunette. Correct. Uh. So um, and then. He ended up in like the uh, I was gonna say the Fast and the Furious franchise. Uh-huh. I meant like um, the X Men franchise, uh-huh. the first class or whatever, the the class of aliens, the class of super yeah. super people. And he was in Mad Max, and then he was in Mad Max, and then he ended up in this movie where I think he like all of his career like culminated in this very film yeah because he was able to pull from i think all of those previous performances to create like one mega nicholas holt performance yes of epic proportions in an
0: incredible supporting role
1: oh my god like you close your eyes and you think of all the wonderful things about this film and he is definitely like up there like
0: this movie is very much what primed him to be in the great and what made oh, yeah. him so amazing in the great oh yeah yeah
1: oh oh yeah yeah. yeah, back to
0: Rachel. Yes, though. but
1: yes, <laughs> that was a moment for Nikki
0: Boy, and now for back Nicky to boy, he's so good. I'm he's an actor. I'm very excited to see what his career can't wait for him to become a to daddy. Be. Yeah, honestly, honestly. Ugh. Um, but anyway, so Rachel Vice's character is like Olivia Coleman's like right
1: hand woman. I I don't know what the technical word for it is. Like, no. lady of the court, like chamber. Like essentially she's her chief of staff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she handles her budget for her like house or for her palace. For her house. (laughs) It's just my house. I'm a queen. It's my house. (laughs) Uh, So she handles her budget for for the palace and like is the one who speaks for the queen when the queen is ill. Which is often. Which is quite often for she has the gout. She has gout and is also a bit off she's unhinged (laughs) she's fucking unhinged she has some problems and she's also
0: very depressed she's like a slew
1: of like insecurity yeah problems yeah
0: Yeah. yes um and rachel but they're also like childhood friends which
1: which, also they're i think they're cousins i have no idea i'm pretty sure they're cousins which is why they're childhood friends they're childhood friends (laughs) everyone's related and in this they're movie. also lovers and they're also lovers, so there's a lot going on there's some might say <laughs> there's too much going on.
0: and the thing about the cult is that like, no matter how much you actually. Like love someone else, as in no matter how much Rachel Vice does actually love Olivia Coleman, because I do believe that she loves her.
1: Oh yes, Lady Sarah definitely has love in her heart for yeah, Mrs. Moore. No matter
0: how much she she loves her, it's all it's still all about power and like finding a way to hold those two things within yourself as an actor within this character is a challenge because. I don't think I don't think she ever wanted to make it seem like, okay, well when I'm with her, I want it to seem like I love her, and then when I turn my back, I'm like twisting my mustache and I'm like scheming. <laughs> because that's not what it is. It's just like two things really do exist within her all at the same time and she's not afraid to show her manipulative side directly to the queen.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean she, I think she she her her character explains it best in the film when she's already been outside, her key is gone, and she's kind of like knocking on her door like Mm -hmm. her secret door because apparently at these palaces there are all these secret doors secret passages secret passages um and she's like knocking on this door and she's like you know let me in i want to talk and obviously the queen's like fuck no bitch (laughs) like you (laughs) no i'm with abigail now um and she's like you know abigail Abigail says that you, like, look like an angel and you're beautiful and, like, you're always right and you're always awesome. And, like, I would never lie to you. Like, I will tell you, you look like a fucking badger. That's what will happen. (laughs) You look like a badger. A a badger. (laughs) Uh, And, and, you know, she, she... to your point, she's definitely not afraid to show her manipulative side directly to the queen, but it comes from a place of honesty. Like Mm -hmm. she is power hungry. And I think a big part of that is like making sure that she's honest with this person in her life. Yeah. um, Because she loves her so much, Mm -hmm. not even just because she's the queen. And like in England, there's this weird thing about like queen and country and like, I don't know, fucking dying for the queen or whatever. It's just Olivia Mm -hmm. Coleman, guys. Like, I don't get what the big deal is. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, like, that is the basis of their relationship the basis of, of their relationship is honesty mm-hmm. because the second that lady sarah realizes that abigail is like in the way she tells the queen and goes like abigail is a fucking cunt like <laughs> abigail is not right like yeah. she's a snake <laughs> like i just
0: <laughs> she she's like her character is like it's like a hawk she detects instantly yes. when emma stone is trying to do everything
1: yeah yeah a hundred percent like immediately she's
0: just like fuck no i'm not allowing this <laughs> and it's very very early on and i just i love how much of this like she's this like crazy power hungry authoritative figure who does also have like an element of heart but there's a lot working inside her. It's like love of the queen, love of country. And also she has a husband who like, I don't deny that she also loves him in like her weird way.
1: Yeah. There's a lot working. She she definitely contains multitudes. Yeah. I think that's a big a big part of her character is just multifaceted goodness mm-hmm. that Rachel Vice is able to hold because she's so fucking talented. And she has a lot of nuance. And so a lot of what comes out of her mouth, you never really know what side she's on until she delivers her line. And there's kind of like that stillness in the air of like, okay, so I see what you're doing now. <laughs> like you are trying, like we are always as an audience, one step behind her, Yes, always. It doesn't matter what it is. Like for example, when Abigail played by Emma Stone mm-hmm. is um, fucking poisons her <laughs> because yes, ladies and gentlemen, it gets to that point <laughs> when she poisons her with the tea. it's very apparent that Rachel Weisz's character realizes, like Lady Sarah realizes that she's been poisoned mm-hmm. like the second after she is done with the tea. Cause she's like, this tea tastes fucking weird. And I'm going to set the cup down and just fucking leave. Like I'm out of here, whatever, whatever happens to me, happens to me right. it kind of <laughs> is what it is. And so she goes out and she wakes up in essentially like a brothel Yes. in, in heaven. <laughs> Because the brothel's name is Hammond. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the main pimp guy's name is named You're God. you heaven now. And that's God. <laughs> uh, and um, she makes up, she's like, Abigail poisoned me. <laughs> she just like, knows. She just knows. And the thing is, I think it's, like, it's a matter of, like, cutting her losses and being, right. like, I'm going to c- carefully choose my battles versus, like, to win, to ultimately, like, win the war, instead of doing what Abigail does, which is I'm winning every battle. Mm -hmm. And then whatever happens in the end, as long as I'm in power and have money and I'm married, it's fine.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like it's, she views her own intentions as more pure than Abigail's because I mean, in a way that they are, if you had to pick between the two, I would absolutely say that Rachel Vice's intentions are more pure than Emma Stone's because she's like, I'm being manipulative, not just because I'm power hungry, but I need power so that... I can have control over this war because our queen is batshit. Exactly. Whereas Emma Stone is just doing it because she misses being an aristocrat and wants to be on top again. But like she doesn't know fucking anything about policy or war. She's just like this weird court gremlin (laughs) who
1: wants to like get drunk and dance. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) And the problem with it is that everyone's playing so many sides that you as the audience member, it's like so difficult for you to keep up with how many sides people are playing. Like, especially when when it comes down to like Nicholas Holt's character, Mm -hmm. who's also playing like two sides. He doesn't give a rat's fucking ass about the queen, yet needs her favor in order to in order to become prime minister yeah. and then once he's prime minister he needs to get rid of lady sarah's husband because he's in the way and like everyone is genuinely just trying to figure out what everyone's deal is and then supersede it yes. and like play fucking backhanded tennis until one of them dies <laughs> well there's so much
0: strategy going on that like they don't even they don't even have a choice to to take the high road. No, like they. It's literally impossible to be like, I'm just gonna appeal to their emotions. No, because. It, if nobody is fucking doing that. That is literally not how
1: this game works. It's like do or die. Exactly. So, uh, what I love about Rachel Vice, though, is she does it with such flair and charisma that you have no choice but to like root for her the entire time. You're not rooting for Emma Stone's character. No. You are not. In the beginning, you're kind of like, Oh, I feel bad for this for this court gremlin. Like yeah. I feel bad. Oh, she seems sweet. And then you kind of see her like the underbelly of her yeah, and you kind of feel like whoa why am i rooting for lady sarah rachel vice is just so charismatic and like quick-witted and smart and she dresses like a pirate and shoots birds she's so cool she's so cool i want to be her (laughs) and then you know obviously like once when it gets down to it lady sarah's doing it for the right reasons Mm -hmm. which is her love of the queen and country Ultimately, those are those reasons are more important than any personal reasons, which is like, I want more power or I want the queen to like me and not Abigail. like less about that and more about the ultimate goal, which is. I need A, the country to not like go into ruin. Right. And B, I need the queen to like remain alive and like well enough to make these decisions so that the country doesn't go into ruin. Right. Like that's her, That's really her MO versus Lady Abigail's MO, which, well, then Lady Abigail's MO, which is like, I want power and also money. <laughs> uh, and that's it. And also cake.
0: I also got so annoyed with her character cuz I was like you married such a hot man in this movie and you don't even care.
1: No, she, even care. she
0: she doesn't because she gets that's, married to Joe Alwyn in this movie
1: and so you're just hot. like you're so hot and yeah. she doesn't care. She doesn't give a fuck. Like she doesn't give a flying fuck. No. This is her whole thing in this movie. So, ultimately, you're like, you know what? Rachel Weisz's character, I'm in because Rachel Weisz mm-hmm. is fucking committed. She again, once again, she is in on the joke. She understands the assignment. She gets the bit she fucking commits yes like there is this scene where she has this like giant gash on her face that has been like completely stitched up and olivia coleman like she's trying to like talk to the queen and the queen is like your face frightens me And then she comes back the next day, like with a fucking lace like thing over a her lace face, bandage on her face, and the queen's like, "Well, I guess like that's a nuke. like sure, <laughs> like that's better, I guess." And Rachel <laughs> Vance is like, "I'm bitch, I'm not here to like, <laughs> I'm not here to do anything but make you feel comfortable and like make make my life easier, <laughs> like that's really." <laughs> That's really what it is.
0: She's like, okay, fine. I will make myself more presentable so that I can come back and tell you that I am threatening to expose our love affair. Exactly. Unless you get rid of fucking Abigail. I know because
1: Abigail is the problem. (laughs) Ultimately, um, Lady Sarah is, ba- obviously, she's ousted, like I said earlier. She's banished. She's banished. Her key's gone. She's no longer chief of staff of the co-op or whatever. <laughs> and she's back at her house in, like, the English countryside or what have you. Honestly, I don't know where the fuck they are. Like, they're somewhere in England. Yeah, it's in England and, somewhere. Uh, And, you know, the mail's coming and She's like, you know what? I think we should maybe leave England. I'm getting really tired of it because she obviously knows that- she knows she's gonna get exiled. She knows that Abigail's in a position to get her exiled. And ultimately that's what happens. And so there you go. There you have it. Uh, Oh, what a film. She takes it all with such grace, such poise, and also is there for, A, the physical comedy. The physical comedy in this is insane. When they're in the (sighs) bathtub and she's like, Mr. Morley- (laughs) the scene where she where
0: they're dancing oh my god the dance scene is
1: hilarious the dance
0: Rachel Weiss leans in so heavily to the absurdest shit in this movie and is just like yeah this is an accurate representation of the 18th century court what of it
1: bitch what of it
0: (laughs) (laughs) turds which makes you as an audience member lean in and, like, love it that much more. Because, like, we all know that this isn't, a to- like, 100% accurate. It's they not did, even,
1: like, 80% accurate. They
0: did a lot of, like, anachronistic shit on purpose for the aesthetic and yeah, comes across beautifully.
1: It's beautiful the scene where they're dancing and she's like fucking her arms are like up,
0: yeah, and, like, and he's like slapping
1: her butt. It's just,
0: like, her
1: butt. like just spins her around because she like fully like gets lifted in the air and spun around they're like a all, fucking dreidel.
0: They're so committed that when you're watching, you're like, you're like, yes, no, this is, is this how they dance. This is, is how they, they dance that I just
1: don't know about. Did no. they do this? Absolutely, and you know, again, like with that bathtub she, scene, she, like, draws a mustache on her face with the mud. And, like, I need my glasses. <laughs> she puts her glasses on with the mud. It is impeccable. Funny. It is impeccable. She, her, like... Rachel vice is capable of so much and physical comedy is one of the many buckets and she absolutely allows it to shine in this film. It is just- What a talented woman. Iconic. Also, shout out to the duck. Oh, such a good duck. Horatio. Horatio the duck. Horatio. (laughs) So good. Whose quacks come in at the most opportune moments. (laughs) It's beautiful. (laughs) Like Nicholas Holt is like trying to talk to the queen and And it's like like, this moment of intense, like intense silence and goes aflack. <laughs> yes that's exactly what happens <laughs> uh well that was rachel weiss man that was rachel Vice in three truly delightful films so good i really enjoyed watching the movies for this episode yeah these these are great i would highly recommend i think personally i would highly recommend the lobster yeah of these three if you haven't watched any of them genuinely she's so fucking funny in the lobster <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah so there you have it Thank you have it, monica oi what have you dabbled in this week i have dabbled in a lot of puppy things this week oh poor carrie my sweet baby carrie got her hand like <laughs> you can't call it her hand her right hand <laughs> her paw got caught in something and um her her like little nail like lifted from her paw so she's like she has like a little bandage cast on her paw right Poor now baby. it's very cute the, the the nurses put like a little heart on it it was very adorable but Wait, how long does she have to wear it um a, a few days okay a few days so it's really just like it's a flesh wound it's but it's, a flesh wound just a flesh wound. Yeah, it, but because dogs fucking pick at it, the bandage is like enormous. Right. And she has a cone, but she refuses to wear yeah. it. Like she she literally goes like, I'll be good. I'll be good, please, sir. Uh, don't put the cone on me. The cone of shame. Yeah, because I'll put the cone on her and she'll like fucking whine and like try to take it off. And then she succeeds and like doesn't touch her bandage. But then like the second that like she starts going for her bandage. I'm like, mm-hmm. all right. And I grab the cone and she stops. <laughs> she like completely She she knows. She knows. She's playing the system. She's playing me like that. a fucking fiddle. Oh, like Lady Marlborough. Exactly. <laughs> Lady Sarah. <laughs> what about you, Jessica? Um,
0: what is happened? Uh I oh <laughs> I did one of those um those
1: foot masks, Monica where the one that's like the whole flesh of your foot falls off oh my god like oh like they have um in those countries where you like go to the go to the place and they have like these like man-eating fish like eat like this right stuff i mean it's not quite that but it it just makes
0: your whole what is that called when the
1: when the fish eat (laughs) your fish pedicure yeah, like, I don't know. Sure, like a fish pedicure. It's like <laughs> But But, um,
0: yeah, I did one of those masks, so now I am shedding like a snake.
1: Ew. <laughs> a snake. A
0: slippery snake.
1: A slippery snake.
0: Soon I will have the feet of a dolphin, and I am so excited.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like I'd be so... First of all, it makes your feet feel squeegee to put them in those, like, masks. It does. You leave them in for an hour. Ew. I can't do that. Then
0: you take it off, and then within a week or so, your foot starts peeling, and then you just leave socks on until they stop. Can
1: I ask why it takes a week? Um, I think your
0: foot. I think your skin has to like react to the solution, and like what's in the solution? To, Vinegar? It's the shit that makes you your foot fall off. Uh, uh. Makes your foot skin fall off. <laughs> oh, your foot know. skin.
1: <laughs> we have to end this episode. <laughs> This is, we're, this has gone too far. Give us the, <laughs> is there a question today? Is there fucking, there is. Today? Okay, great. Fucking say it. From somebody named Alex. Ooh, I know many Alexes. It could be any of them. It mm, could be any of them. Um, They
0: want to know what is our favorite fall scent?
1: Ah, nutmeg. Interesting. That I'm a big slaps. apple bitch in the Ye- fall. Mm, uh, I lied. Nutmeg is more of a winter scent, I will say. <laughs> I think perhaps, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Sibinon? Cinnamon? Sibinon <laughs> <laughs> The sequel to QAnon. <laughs> um, I don't know. I really like like muskier scents. I'm I'm a musky scent gal. I also like a musky scent, but in the fall I like a nice apple smell. I like like spice. If okay. that makes sense. So like um uh i don't know i'd have to like pop over to my candle or something i don't know i like like um woodsy like scents palo santo like palo santo cedar cedar sibanon <laughs> <laughs> yeah like th- those kinds of scents monica bought me a, a delightful candle it smells so nice it's very spicy it's like it's like uh, something between what like i would get for myself and something that i'd get for jessica yeah
0: yeah it was re- it's really Genuinely, yeah. Glorious. It has notes of pear in it, and it's beautiful.
1: I love a oh, I do love a good pear in the fall. Yeah. Pears are great in the fall. Oh, pear is we a make, fall. Let's fruit. bake some pears. Oh, we'll, we'll do it. Let's We're having see you um, wrap them in uh, in pastry. We're having a friend's giving uh, in like the beginning of November, and uh, Jessica's trying to decide what kind of pie to make. I think she's just gonna make the uh, the the tart again. The tart. There's a cranberry lemon tart. We. Oui. Does she make so one more time? <laughs> I made it for Monica's birthday. It, this it was, was a hit. long time ago. Big hit. <laughs> big hit, a.k.a. I ate it. <laughs> yeah, she ate it. Ah, oh, All right.
0: Well, as always, don't, don't sue us, Daddy, daddy Fabbro.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Goodbye, Monica. Goodbye. I'm going to go lay down some tracks with you. <laughs>